0: live from the capital of raider nation las vegas nevada it's silver and black today your daily dose of all things las vegas raiders football news views guests and your phone calls are all part of the game plan there's only one nation and it listens here now your host scott colbranson
1: Welcome back. Hour number two of Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. As always, the show powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Marcus Mariota. I keep hearing from Raider fans on how the Raiders need to trade him to free up the money. They can't afford him as a backup. And that sounds all easy, But how hard is it going to be? And also, where does Marcus Mariota fit in this entire quarterback carousel that we keep hearing about and that we're going to be impacting the NFL with this offseason? Joining me now on our newsmaker line is our guest. That is Kalen Jones from The Ringer. He writes about the NFL. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kalen. That's K-A-E-L-E-N, Jones, all one word, uh, and always a good follow. And not only that, but he's forks up, baby. He is a Sun Devil, uh, and as my listeners know, I'm very proud of my Sun Devil daughter. Kalen, welcome to Silver and Black today here on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me, man. appreciate it.
1: All right. Well, thanks for being on. Uh, all right, let's dive in on this one because I your, your piece stuck out to me because you know people here with the Ra- in, in Raider Nation fans of the team, uh, they they love Marcus Mariota. They saw what he did against the Chargers. Uh, there is a small percentage of the fan base who would like him to be the starting quarterback for the Raiders. We know that's not going to happen. Um, but Marcus Mariota, you call him the wild card in the off season quarterback carousel. He does that one performance. He looks really good. His baggage from years past, the disappointment in Tennessee, his inability to stay on the field, his inability to, what some say, think quickly on the field. Why is Marcus Mariota from the very top? Why is he maybe the wild card in this whole quarterback uh, carousel?
2: I think you touched on it, man. Um, The Raiders obviously would love to get his contract off the books, and I think that one game performance where he showed a lot of life and really you know, kind of functioned within the Raiders' offense—I know that was uh, kind of, you know, toned down a little bit from what it is for Derek Carr—and kind of simplified. Um, but I think you're going to be able to capitalize if you're Las Vegas on a really qb needy market. I think that Mariota, especially because of the athleticism element, um, I think that his mobility makes him a really intriguing candidate. Uh, he's only 28 years. Are he going to be 28 years old going into this season? Um, he was a former number two pick. I think there's a lot of potential upside there for you know a really QB needy team that wants a cheaper veteran option to immediately start.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think if you look at if you look at that Charger game, and I know you talk about it in your piece too, um, he came in and he looked really good uh, and 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 had good numbers. Looked fresh. He looked confident, which is something that he had. You know, he mentioned. After that game, that his journey to where he was with the Raiders, there was a lot of mental stuff there too. You know, he had been battered in Tennessee, lost the confidence of the franchise there, and as a guy who won, uh, who was who was there number two, like you said in the draft, Heisman Trophy, all that stuff, he 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 had to overcome the mental side of things. How much is is that one game? Do you think enough for a lot of these teams to say to themselves that hey, maybe um, this guy can come in and be the unequivocal starter, or do you think he's a guy? that you bring in and say, okay, well, we're going to tentatively have you as our starter, uh, but it's really more of kind of a insurance policy?
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the op- opportunities for both scenarios are there because for some of those teams, potentially he could be brought in to compete, right? He could be either brought in as someone to maybe work as a backup quarterback, as you know, kind of that backup option that gives you some stability there, but he could also potentially give you the upside if he lands in an offense or a scheme where you know he ends up as a starting quarterback. He presents that upside as a player still. And I know that when you look at the you know the course of his career to this point, he's very much been you know a middling quarterback, kind of middle of the pack, um, maybe above average to some extent. But when you look at the body of work in comparison to a lot of these other quarterbacks who are on the market right now or who are you know, being rumored to be moved, it's not too different. And I think because, again, the athleticism and, again, the confidence that he showed in that game alone, I think teams are going to look at that and say, hey, if we can bring that guy in, he's rejuvenated and playing uh, closer to that potential that was seen when he was back at Oregon, why not give him a chance? And we've seen, you know, in the case of Ryan Tannehill, for example, the guy who actually usurped him in Tennessee, kind of have this career renaissance once he got to a new spot. And it honestly wouldn't be too surprising if Marcus Mariona experienced that because that was a guy who had that kind of potential coming into the NFL.
1: Yeah, Kalen Jones from The Ringer covers the NFL is our guest here on Silver and Black. Today we're talking about Marcus Mariota, and 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 you're right. I think, I mean, especially now, a guy like Mariota, you start to see what's happening in the NFL with the desire and the offensive schemes that are being run. You need some more mobility. Uh, that was one of the reasons I think he was brought in here into Las Vegas to, to back up Derek Carr and, and to perhaps push Derek Carr a little bit, and we saw Derek Carr use his, his legs more this year, um, maybe because mm-hmm. he was behind him there, too, and he knew he had to work on that part of his game, but when you look at the trade value here, this is the one thing that I'm I'm having trouble with, which is I see all the points that you make, and I agree with them, and and many of the same we've been making here on the show day in, day out. Uh, The question I have is if I am a NFL team, unless there's a a bunch of dominoes falling and I'm getting concerned that viable starting veteran quarterbacks are going fast and I, I might miss out on some, wouldn't it behoove a lot of these teams to maybe wait Uh, and sweat the Raiders out and let them release him? Uh, Because the Raiders more than likely would because they don't want to have to pay the $10.6 million. Um, Is there there a gamble for those teams there, or do you think that he's shown enough in that one performance uh, that it merits them maybe sending a fourth-round pick or so?
2: So you make a great point. I think that the Raiders will end up potentially having to to release him because uh, it's going to come down to how quickly – you know, this quarterback free free agency market shapes up and how much movement we see between all the veteran quarterbacks who are supposedly on the market right now. So if that happens before draft time or, you know, within a period where the Raiders feel comfortable holding on to him for as long as they can, then I think there's an outside chance that, you know, they'll have to trade him or at least have the opportunity to trade him. But I kind of agree with you. I think this is that they'll end up having to kind of sweat it out and watch, you know, until the quarterback market feeds some movement, I think they're going to be stuck with him until then.
1: Yeah. And Kalen, what about, I mean, I know, listen, the new year for the NFL starts next month. It starts in the middle of March. And so you can't finalize deals officially until then. But Mm -hmm. when you look at this quarterback carousel, you look at some of the the veterans that are going to be out there, the Fitzpatricks, um, the Andy Daltons, and some of these other guys, Cam Newton, um, these deals start to happen, even though they can't be official yet. When do you think, I mean, when are we going to start seeing maybe some movement uh, with some of these veteran quarterbacks, maybe signing? with some of these teams and us getting rumored, obviously, through their agents and others, uh, to where to where that stuff might start happening?
2: Yeah, I, I'm expecting it to heat up like the beginning of March, maybe mid-March, those first two weeks. I think that's when we'll finally start to see some movement. And I wouldn't be surprised if it took a little bit longer because I think, you know, the Houston Texans play a significant role in that, mm. and I'm sure a lot of teams are watching what they do with Deshaun Watson. Um, if, if they continue to stand pat by that point, I wouldn't be shocked at all. If that's like by the, the beginning of March, we finally start seeing some movement. And then I think that gives the Raiders a pretty good sign, or at least a potential sign, that they, they'll be able to get Mariota off their hands and get something in return for them.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be fascinating to watch it. I mean, Marcus Mariota, as you know, uh, everybody thinks highly of him as a guy. He's a good guy. And I think in the right situation where he doesn't have to be the alpha dog leader and he can go out and do that in the right system, I think he can be successful again as a starter. All right, Kalen Jones from The Ringer. Kalen, thanks for joining us today, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Of course, Scott. Thanks for having me, man. All right, there you go. Kalen Jones from The Ringer. Uh, and, and Chris, it's a good position for the Raiders to be in because at the very worst-case scenario, they let them go and they don't get anything for him, but they free up $10.6 million. But if the dominoes start falling and teams are getting nervous about finding viable free agent experienced quarterbacks, they might be in an even better position because somebody might over-offer on a trade. Yeah, I'm holding
3: on to him until – I mean, it, it, it's, it's a good position, but there's also a downside to it. To it too, right? You don't want to hold on too long where, where teams just say, ah, you know what? We, we can find options in other places. Yeah. But if you're going to move them, I think you move them when when a team panics. Right? Yeah. Like one of these teams that needs a quarterback, whether it be New England, whether it be Indianapolis. I mean, I, I don't know if Indianapolis would be in the market for, for a Marcus Mariota-type quarterback. But, I mean, there, there, there's teams out there that are going to want a quarterback, especially like, as you said, those other dominoes start to fall. But, it's a fine position because you don't want to hold on too long where you don't get the value that you think you're gonna get, but you don't wanna make the move too soon because then you still may not get what, what you think. But as you mentioned, that cap space oh, that's shoot. real nice because you could probably find a cheaper option. That I mean, I don't think Nathan Peterman is is your backup quarterback. I hope not. No, I think I think I I and I'm not I'm not even a Raider fan and I think I speak for Raider Nation when I say <laughs> I hope that Nathan Peterman is not your backup but we talked about some guys yesterday Tyrod Taylor I think Tyrod Taylor's an outstanding quarterback I just think he's been in a situation where he's never really been he's never had the pieces around him to, to succeed you look at what yeah. he had in Buffalo never had a, a a really good team around him right it wasn't until they decided to go all in on Josh Allen that they went out and they got some pretty good pieces to put around him. They always had a decent defense, but they just they they didn't have answers on offense. Kind of like the opposite of, of the Raiders, right? You've got a good offense, but defensively there's some questions. Well, that that was that was Tyrod Taylor. Then he goes to Cleveland. They drafted Baker Mayfield. He was never going to be given a chance to be successful with that team. No, when you draft no Baker Mayfield, then he right. goes to the Chargers. He was never going to be given a chance to be successful there either because they they went and they
1: drafted Justin Herbert. So. Yeah, and I think as a backup quarterback, especially I, I see I love the Raider model they did this year with Mariota, and that is, you know, Carr is using his legs more, which is good, but he's never going to be that mobile quarterback like a Mariota, like a Tyrod Taylor. And I don't and Tyrod Taylor is want not exactly that all that mobile, but but he he is more mobile. And so to me, if you go get another backup, cause, which they'll clearly have to do. To me, that's what I would look for is a guy who who complements Carr so that if if he comes in, just like Mariota did against the Chargers, if he comes in, it's a change of pace. Yeah, right. Exactly, it's a different type of quarterback.
3: Yeah, because because you want to have a guy who could read and understand the playbook, and when he's called upon, can step in and and do what's required, like Marcus Mariota did. I mean, I don't I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to ever be that guy who lives up to be a, a, a top ten quarterback where he mm-hmm. was drafted. But I think he could be a pretty serviceable backup and I think he's a guy who who if he finds himself in the right situation he could probably win some games. Yeah. And and no, I, agree. I I think he I think he can be a starter in this league. I just don't think he can ever be a starter here.
1: No, I agree. And
3: and 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 they just can't afford it. And it, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to pay a guy starter money if he's not going to be a starter.
1: Correct. Correct. And to me, that's the interesting thing. And I I do agree with Kalen where he says that it's sort of the Deshaun Watson watch right now. It looks like it looks like um, the Bears will get their quarterback in Wentz. (laughs) That's what it looks like. Now, it hasn't happened yet. That'll be one of the other dominoes that'll fall because you look at the teams who absolutely need quarterbacks. It's Indianapolis. It's Washington. It's Chicago. Chicago. Right. And and so, so if you look at those teams to me. Where do they go? What do they do? If there's a big trade, if Miami pulls it off with, with Tua and with Watson, okay, fine. Or if Denver does it, I think I think one of those big trades has got to start going down for some of these GMs to start to feel a little bit nervous saying to themselves, well, geez, who am I going to get then? I need a quarterback. Now, a Washington, to me, if I'm Washington, I'm looking at a young quarterback, but I also might bring in an Andy Dalton. Um, you know, Alex Smith, I might bring him back because they're serviceable good starters. They're not great starters. They're not top-tier starters, but they can get you to where you need to go, especially with a good defense like Washington has. But to me... Uh, it's the NFL is a copycat league, so as soon as one of these big trades start going down, I start. I think you'll start to see some of these deals. How they all end up will be interesting. But you know, Indianapolis is a great situation. They're not that far. They were right on the doorstep, right, just like Buffalo was. Yeah. Uh, and they need a the quarterback. Rivers is gone. They need somebody, and they're going to move on from Jacoby Brissett. They don't believe that he's the guy to get them there. And and has Jac-
3: Jacoby Brissett done anything to tell you that he's that guy? No, of course no. not. So if you're the Colts, you know. That you can't win with this guy. I mean, Correct. maybe you keep him around as a backup, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't see that working out either. I mean, you look at the list of guys who are free agent quarterbacks, and there's a lot of guys you could. I mean, Colt McCoy, I think, is a guy you could bring in and 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 be a pretty good backup, right? I mean, yeah. there, there's guys out there. Joe Flacco is going to be an unrestricted free agent. I think he. And look, the guys won a Super Bowl. <laughs> he was the MVP of the Super Bowl, so it's not right, like. Right. It's not Raider like he Nation was Brad almost, Johnson.
1: <laughs> Raider Nation almost tar and feathered me two years ago when I suggested him as a as a backup. Uh, and that was before his Denver experience, which obviously didn't go over well. He, but in, look, in, with, I'll,
3: I'll with, be honest. He was he, he 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 played sparingly for the Jets. I mean, obviously there were games that... But he that played well. He played well in those games. I mean, you're not yeah. going to bring Joe Flacco in to lead you to the Super Bowl, but Joe Flacco's a guy who could come in and be a pretty good backup quarterback. I mean, he did the role. And the thing with Joe Flacco... Everything I read about him, he was a great tutor, right? Like he he had. Yeah. You you look at the situation in in Baltimore, he handled it like a like a professional. He understood his time was up. He had a good run with the Ravens, won one Super Bowl, almost took him to another. Right? If Lee Evans doesn't drop a touchdown pass, they go back to they <laughs> they go to the Super Bowl a second time with Joe Flacco. I'll never forget that, but. I'm not saying go out and sign Joe Flacco, but if you're looking for veteran quarterbacks, he he he's a guy. I mean, look, nobody's nobody's getting Dak Prescott, right? The Cowboys are going to re-sign Dak Prescott. I, I think that's a slam
1: dunk. But there's other guys out there that that are decent backup quarterbacks. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that the Cowboys will re-sign him. I think they're going to tag him again, which would be an indication that they're going to let him go after next year. And, and where do they go? I mean, because because why didn't they commit to him already? That would be my question is it you know so so but it tells you how the idea of your franchise quarterback in the nfl is changing yeah these teams, I mean, there's a cut. Like I said, there's like three or four guys that that there's the exception to, but everybody else, these teams, they're not married to keeping a quarterback, no matter where they drafted him, no matter how much they paid him, and no matter how much they've won or haven't won, maybe. But nonetheless, they they are willing to then make bold moves to go a different direction, which we have not seen before. It's yeah, just, it's fascinating.
3: I I it really, really I really like Dak Prescott. Like I think Dak Prescott's an excellent quarterback, and I mm-hmm. I can't imagine that the Cowboys. Like, in my mind, I'm trying to analyze how bad of a decision that would be to not have Dak Prescott as your quarterback. First of all, you, you hit it out of the park when you drafted him in the third round because he's clearly much better than a third round quarterback. So, so the value there is is ridiculous. And I understand he wants top 10, top 5 money. I think he's in that range of top five to top ten quarterbacks. You pay the guy because he can win. He's a good quarterback, and he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to be successful. So if you're the Cowboys and you let Dak Prescott go, I don't know if you're going to find somebody better in the draft than Dak Prescott.
1: I mean, he is a franchise quarterback. Agreed absolutely all right with that we're going to take a break when we come back we'll get to your call 702-365-9200 is the number tell us what you think about marcus Mariota and all this and and where the raiders are going on defense how are they going to afford to upgrade that defense when you have no starting defensive tackles you have none none coming back tell us what you think here on silver and black today on raider nation radio
0: The autumn wind is a Raider, and when it blows, it comes from the Las Vegas desert. Back to Silver and Black Today, here on Raider Nation Radio, 920
1: AM. Oh, yeah. Welcome back on this Wednesday. Silver and Black Today, powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. I'm telling you. Don't go to injury attorneys who pose in front of Lamborghinis with bottles of champagne and huge pompadours. Instead, call Sam and Ash. These are good people. Uh, they will be there to help you. They power this show. They are good friends of ours. 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Chris Chapman, Scottle Branson, back with you here. We're talking about the Raiders. How do they improve their defense? We just got done with... Um, Kalen Jones from the ringer talking about Marcus Mariota and his place in that quarterback carousel that we keep hearing about, uh, this year. And so we'll have to see how that goes. All right. We're going to go out on the phone lines. It is Brian in Henderson. Brian, you're on with Scott and Chris. What's going on, Brian?
4: Hey, what's going on, Scott? What's going on, Chris? Um, in regards to you're talking about the defensive tackles, um, we have to stop playing with the experiment of putting Cleaver at a defensive end. We already know. Everybody knows. Even Stevie Wonder knows he's not a defensive end. Um put him at the defensive tackle. you've got that uh that out of the way. Also you also have uh, you can I don't I wasn't a fan of Hankins to begin with. He's probably a good run stop stopper, but I don't I'm not a fan of him. I would get like you mentioned, the guy from um the the Giants, um, not Williams, Williams, but the other guy. No, not Williams. The other guy. Oh, so the yeah, the yeah, yeah. cheaper. You can get him um, yeah. at a cheaper rate, or you can draft somebody like I mentioned yesterday. Uh, I had to go after the guy from Alabama um, in the first round, the, the seventeen pick. Yeah, so it just more. depends yeah. if, if you if you want the veteran, you go with the other guy from the Giants. If you want to go ahead and pay the, um, I mean, the draft pick number 17, also. With the safety position, I'm bringing. I I I like Gus Bradley being there because you have he can play more like a camp chancellor. Not comparing him to camp chancellor, please Raider Nation. But (laughs) just saying, you you can bring him down and play more of the in between spots. You know, he can be that punisher, but in coverage, not so much. That way, you can there's at the safety position to free agency. There's tons of people out there. If we, you know, Simmons is going to be at the high point, we don't actually have to go after Simmons. We can go after the guy from the Jets. There's at least five good safeties out there that we can choose from. So that, to me, is not even an issue. But to bring Abram down, to me, would be the better fit. And then with the linebacker spot, you can always draft a linebacker, I would say. Or, you know, it's, it's all about the money situation. But you have plenty of things. I believe in Tom Cable. I would get rid of Trent Brown. And Tom Cable, he's out of all the coaches, including Gruden, he has proven himself. After everybody laughed at him when we picked him up in the very beginning, he's proven himself. So mm-hmm. just let him go, save that money. Uh, the other guy to join her, bye-bye. Save some more money there as well. You know, you have options to save money there, Raider Nation. You know, and to get better on defense as well.
1: Yeah, and I think Brian, I, I think you're right. I mean, with, with Furrow, I don't I, whether or not they want to move him inside permanently. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, obviously, I think that's going to be up to Gus Bradley. Uh, but if you look at it, you're right, and I, I, I think it's not. It's not. It's not if, but but oh, it's an and, which is. I think you need to go get a veteran at defensive tackle, and I also think if you can, you draft one, um, because you, you have nobody up front, so you, you have to go get two guys at defensive tackle. I still think you need a defensive end from somewhere. It doesn't have to be a big money guy. If you're going to spend the money up front on defensive tackle, then you got to go find a free agent that can fit within your budget, but still be a difference maker, and then you're right. At safety, you need one safety, and I think you also need another cornerback. So so And, and, and the way that the cornerbacks are, I would not draft one. I would look for a veteran to come in and help with that. And you're right. Free agency uh, from a safety perspective, there's a lot of guys out there. And I always talk about Marcus May from the Jets, which Chris doesn't want me to because he doesn't want him to leave the Jets. But to me, that's a guy that I would love to see at safety for the Raiders. It brings that veteran presence. He plays well. And to your point about Abram, yeah, you can free him up a little bit. And I think that's what you'll see because Gus Bradley's system will be much more uh, simplified. You'll, You'll see some of those guys will instantly perform a little better. But I don't necessarily blame everything on scheme we talked about it on yesterday's show I think some of these young guys who I really really like on the Raiders including Abram including Mullen including Arnett they have got to show a big step up, and it's got to be quick. It's got to be the type of thing where, man, when they're at camp, they're really turning heads, and then when they get out there and start playing games, if we have a preseason again, um, and and they get some starts towards the end of the preseason and into the regular season, you got to see production. You have all those first-round draft picks. They've got to start doing something.
4: I agree, and Scott, one more thing. It's also uh, the only money I would spend money on, in the free agency would be uh, Ngakwe that we've always been talking about. Me you and Q also have
0: mm-hmm.
4: been talking about that. I'd go after him hard. We've already been looking at him before. If we have the opportunity, if the Ravens don't resign him, go after him hard. He'll be our defensive and slash linebacker. Um, and then you have that pass rusher there. Put D, you know, Cleveland Flair as a D tackle. You know, if, Then that way you don't have to worry about that. And then also you can bring him um, If that doesn't work, Melvin Ingram, who has, who's already been there with the Chargers, he's going to come in cheap.
1: Yeah, he's coming. I I think as well, Brian. I'm I'm glad you brought him up again. I mentioned him a couple days ago. And I think that guy is 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 a must. I think that would be perfect because he knows that defense. He can he can be the player in that defense who knows his coach so well and and can get all the other guys up to speed and and really uh, teach them how to play it because he's done it for so long.
4: Yep, yeah, I agree.
1: All right brian and henderson thanks man we will talk to you again soon we appreciate you um but yeah i mean that's that's the thing it's like i it, it seems easy to do but when you start managing payrolls chris and you start managing the needs versus the payroll um that's the only concern i really have is i don't have any doubt that the raiders will go out and sign some good players my concern is can they fill enough needs through the draft and, th- and through free agency to instantly jump that defense, you know, 10 spots so that they can be a legitimate, a verifiable playoff contender. Well, yeah. And, and the problem is every team in the league
3: seems to always want to do what the Raiders need. Right. Like every team in the league wants edge rushers. They want good defensive players in the trenches. That's that's how you win. Right. It's it's. It's, it's always been that, that remember that saying when we were kids, defense wins championships, right? It's it's so right. cliche, but yet it's so accurate. I mean, yeah, every once in a while you get a team that, that can just light up the charts. But re- remember, I mean, it's crazy to think that it was so long ago, it seems like, that juggernaut that was the New England Patriots, right? 18-0, they had just beaten the Giants in the regular season on that Saturday night game. What What beat that team? A good pass rush. Yeah, it's 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 the M.O. Look at what beat Patrick Mahomes this year. A good pass rush. He was Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of yards he ran behind the line of scrimmage in that game was probably more than he threw for in a lot of games that season. Right. Like like it's just incredible to think how much he was neutralized by that Tampa defense, by that pass rush. Todd Bowles dialed up the game plan and they and it worked. Yeah, you, you you have situations where you're you're going to have a really good offense. I mean, I I still think you 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 grew up in Chicago. You know that '85 Bears team. How 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 good was that team? They carried Buddy Ryan off the field when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the Baltimore Ravens, right? Their they, their trademark was good defense. That's how they won those Ray Lewis teams. They won with defense. You have to get better in defense. The problem is every other team in the league always wants to upgrade. Every team in the league wants to find good guys in the trenches. And I and I believe was it Tomlinson was was the other defensive tackle for the Giants? Is, is that the one? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, he's gonna be a hot commodity too. I mean, that's a position where there's 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 always gonna be players. Like the guy from New Orleans, I'm thinking, I think he's a free agent, too. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but but he's another guy. Edge rush and defensive tackles. Every team wants to have dominant players in the trenches and they want edge rushers. I mean, yeah. It's 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 so simple, yet it's so hard.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's tough. It's That's not easy. I'm telling you, it's it's crazy. So we'll have to see how it all goes down. But um, either way, uh, you know, the Raiders are going to have to go in. And I think, again, I've been saying it for the last two weeks, and that is we'll know more, I think, about what they're thinking, at least from the outside, about the draft by how and, and what they do in free agency leading up to the last two weeks in April when the draft happens because – if you go out and you address some needs significantly then that's going to free up uh the opportunity to draft players for other things that you have and and even though like offensive line and wide receiver as you mentioned are not huge needs at this point you definitely have to keep your eye on that especially the offensive line which is aging uh and you don't know the status of some of those guys i i'm still waiting for the Trent Brown decision we'll see how long that goes on well that's um, that's
3: where where you're going to know because if Trent Brown goes then all of a sudden maybe offensive line does become a need right yeah. i mean it's it's that's that's the the key to that offensive line i mean clearly the guy can play right i mean he's yeah, a phenomenal phenomenal player but are you going to get the phenomenal player or are you going to get Trent Brown of 2020 i think you have to bank on you're going to get Trent Brown of previous seasons yeah because i don't think you just let a talent like that walk I, I just think it's I think it's a bad a bad decision. I don't I maybe not a bad decision, but it's one of those things where you may regret it later because finding a guy who's better or who can solidify the offensive line like that it's dicey. It's dicey when you let that talent leave.
1: Yeah. And, and as, as Vinny said on the show yesterday, you know, you if you're the Raiders, you have to decide you have to come to a conclusion in your mind. Was that an aberration last year? And are you or are you still concerned that um, you're going to pay this guy all this money and he's not going to be available? Right. Um, and, and to me, that's the key. That's the key is you, 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 it, you're basically going to have to um, gamble. I mean, you just have to. Go with your gut and, and what it and what it tells you, as far as uh what 's going to happen with Trent brown but um, we 'll see man it's going to be it's going to be a crazy off season i think and we'll see have to we'll have to check out what happens with um with all of this with all the movement especially around the league i think what happens around the league too will also inform us of what the raiders can do because that could change the whole landscape okay we're going to take our final break when we come back we'll take a visit with vinnie bonsignor we'll take your calls to 702-365-9200 let's talk some raiders football here with chris and scott on silver and black today
0: from Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today.
1: Here's your host, Scott Branson. Welcome back on this Wednesday. Silver and Black today, the home stretch. Scott Colbranson, Chris Chapman with you, talking Raiders football, talking just about anything you want. I mean, you call in, we'll take it. You want to talk about basketball? I don't care what it is. We'll talk about it. I know you all want to talk about Raiders, and we'll certainly talk about Raiders till we're blue in the face. we got no problem with that. That's why we're here. That's why we're called Raider Nation Radio. Um, 702-365-9200 is the number to get involved. As always, the show powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Visit them at samandashlaw.com. Right out to those phone lines. Richard, you're on with Scott and Chris here on Silver and Black today.
4: Hey, what's going on, guys?
1: Hey, man, what's going on?
4: Hey, question for you. So, Kwon Short was released today. What would what would be the odds of bringing him in as a D tackle and pushing
0: Farrell out
4: to D end? And with that being said, also possibly bringing in Earl Thomas to kind of show Abrams in the back end on our, of our defense kind of the, the way that Bradley's wanting to, to run this defense. Are any of those an
2: option?
1: So it'll be interesting. I mean, you you look you look at Short, uh, obviously a, a two-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle, a guy who's who's been there and is is a cap casualty. Uh 32 years old, so not exactly real long in the tooth, although for a defensive tackle it is. Um, but they saved, I think, $9 bucks by cutting him. Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at him. The problem is uh, what can you pay him, and is he the guy, I guess. Uh, but I think the Raiders have to look at that. They have to look at everything they can uh, to, to, to shore up some of those spots. And Earl Thomas, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Earl Thomas. I don't know that he would be a good fit, but you never know. I, I think the Raiders are going to look at addressing all of those positions, and I think you'll see a lot of names. I think the the the, the, the the point I make here is this is just starting, so I think you're going to see a bunch of names out there, and then it'll be up to Mike Mayock and John Gruden to decide you know, who's the best fit there. So, uh, Richard, good call, man. I appreciate it, and always good to explore names and fits for the Raiders. We'll go out right to 211 Steel Reserve. You're on with Scott and Chris here on Silver and Black today.
5: Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, I'm the Trim Brown thing, man. It's a couple things. Raider fans for the last two decades i have seen too many players just come over and collect checks, and that's what it feels like. It's too similar to times of old. Um, there was speculation that he only played up until week four to get that money fully guaranteed, and then we didn't see too much of him after that. So that was a rumor that was going around that I heard on the station. Uh, it was just somebody's idea, but it made a lot of sense. Um, definitely has big talent, but I just – after seeing all the pictures, him on the sideline in that one game, then him away from the team in that one – and the many red flags, man, and I think that, you know, you can save, the money they can save is way, way too much his uh, his negatives outweigh his positives, fellas but no doubt, if they could somehow do something and get his attitude correct, and maybe fans, you know, we're looking, on the outside looking in, and we're thinking too much on it, but I just think that, and then the, the report about those players that were immature in that locker room, it just strikes me as he might be one of them, and then playing with that bracelet was just too much for me, man, it's just like it's like, it's like, come on, what are you doing? And then Abram hanging out with them kind of also gave me a little more of maybe that's part of the group that was immature in that locker room and it kind of concerns me. So I think we just got to cut our losses.
1: Well, I, I, what I would say, too, is when it comes to social media pictures and stuff, I understand how fans run to and jump to conclusions on that. But I wouldn't read too much into that because you just don't know the context. It's hard to get context from that. I do know the Raiders, with Trent Brown healthy and playing up front, are a much better football team. So I think it goes back to why John Gruden makes a ton of money, and that is he's going to have to decide if if they believe Trent Brown that last year was just kind of an anomaly with the injuries and all the other stuff, COVID and the unfortunate situation. In Cleveland, all that stuff that happened, and is he committed? Is he ready to come back and play football? And do they believe that he's there and ready to go? If they do, then you bring him back. If they have a lot of doubts about that, then maybe they move on. So, so I understand. Well, let me uh, ask you. We're, we're,
5: oh, well, let me ask you this: How yeah. true is that report that he blew up to four hundred pounds? Because that's also concerning to me. It's like, where's the staff that keeps an eye on these guys? And how would you allow him to balloon to four hundred pounds? And is that? Do you guys have any inside word on that, how true that was?
1: No, I don't. Uh, you know, Vinny's coming up next. I'll ask him about it. But I, I saw reports about that. But, again, uh, in today's day and age, there's a lot of re- quote-unquote reports that go out there that don't have any validity. Um, I've seen him publish pictures recently. I don't know how old the pictures are. He doesn't look like he's 400 pounds. But we'll have to see how it goes. So, Steel Steel Reserve, thanks, man. We appreciate you. We'll get one more quick call in. Gangster Raider, you're on with Scott and, and Chris here on Silver and Black today.
6: Hey, that happening, y'all? I just want hey, to buddy. say that um, – I think the, um, the season overall was a disappointment. But if you look at everything that we had to deal with, everybody forget we moved. You know what I saying? That's the first thing. We moved actually from Oakland to a whole other state. We moved from Oakland, California to Las Vegas, Nevada. Then we had COVID. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't really have an off season. Our, our rookies couldn't gel. Our new players couldn't really gel. You know what I mean? So all things considered, I think our season overall 8-8, eight you know, after I took the emotion and everything out, I think it was pretty much a good season for dealing with everything we had to deal with and due to the fact that we got hit harder by the COVID fines from the league than any other team or whatever. As far as Trent Brown, I think um, all, all the Raider fans are too hard on Trent Brown because also, remember, Trent Brown was injured at the end of last season. And mm-hmm. with the season being what it was, I don't think he could get the rehab and the treatment. And I don't think he could really get into the building – you know, like he could normally until like, like you know, after September sometimes. So I think that hindered his rehab and also hindered his season. But also, everybody needs to look at every game. Every game Trent Brown played in, we won. We undefeated when Trent Brown played. You know what I'm saying? So look at that. And I also think that um, our DBs suffered, especially our young DBs suffered with this off season because, like you said, they didn't get no off season training cap. They really have no OTAs or anything, and they they're pretty much rookies. And rookies need that to get you know get used to the acclimated to the NFL speed and also brought up the speed on everything else. So if you look at the season in hindsight, twenty twenty, and take the emotion out, I think a Nate dealing with doing you know everything we had to deal with was pretty exceptional. Even though I think we could we dropped. Easily, We easy, easily dropped two games, the Atlanta yep. game and the um, second San Diego game, which easily could have been two wins, even I mean ten wins, without even dealing with everything we deal with. So, you know, in hindsight, I want to tell Raider Nation, just look at everything we had to deal with, and we moved. The only other team that had to move, like even the um, Rams didn't move, like we moved because they was already in L.A. for like a year or two. You know what I mean? They just yeah, had to and, move stadiums from I, college I, I,
1: yeah, we, we got to run, man. But I appreciate your call. And, and listen, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think it was disappointing because of how it started. When you start off like they did at 6-3, and three, you know, if you're 500 the whole season, then you're not as disappointed. Uh, but And they could have very easily lost that Jets game and stuff. So you can go back and forth on it. But, yeah, I, th- I think that sometimes fans uh, get uh, fatalistic and they want to go in a dark place because the team finished 8-8. Eight and eight. I thought they would win nine games. That was my predict- prediction before the season started. So it wasn't that far off. I just think the way it ended, Ended for some people, kind of changed their mind. All right. We are now going to visit with our good friend and colleague here at Raider Nation Radio. That is Vinny Bonsignor, who hosts In the Huddle, coming up at four o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny, how you doing today, buddy?
0: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
1: We're doing good. We're, you know, we've been talking all about uh, Raiders and possible free agents and how they're going to address that defense. But I actually want to switch gears and ask you a question. Because of your your contacts and your experience in the NFL, which is, is long and distinguished, uh, the situation we saw, unfortunately, with Vincent Jackson uh, in Florida, we don't have all the details yet. We do know that uh, now the report from um, the sheriff's office down in Hillsborough County was that he was suffering from chronic alcoholism. He'd been away from his family for a little bit of time. Um, and and this, this question just popped in my head, Vinny Not saying that this is the case with Vincent Jackson Because I don't know But, you know, we seem to see a lot of players In professional sports, not just the NFL uh, Who struggle when they get out When they're done, when their career's over You I mean, they've done this their whole life um, And my question for you is, you know When you look at the NFL and the Players Association And the league uh, The programs that they have for these guys Going out of football uh, Is it where it needs to be Or is there still work to be done there too?
0: Well, uh, you know, you could always be better, but there are, um, you know, for for players that are interested and uh, take ownership of it and are proactive, there are definitely uh, programs uh, within the NFL uh, that, you know, that, that serve players as they're playing and, you know, to, to help them uh, to get set up for after their careers uh, and certainly after their careers as well. There's access to a lot of that. You know, it's, it's kind of like... You know when you um, when you talk to kids about high schools, it's it's sometimes what what you make it out to be. <laughs> you know, right. it, there's right. there's all sorts of things available, but you also have to be proactive in, um, you know, looking for it uh, and and taking advantage of it more than more than looking for it, taking advantage of it. Um, and so, uh, you know, what the reports you know are 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 terrible. Uh, you know, w- regarding uh, Vincent Jackson and you know all. Prayers out to his family and, and everybody involved. Yeah, um, it's, and it's 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 always kind of. I always tell people this: if you want to look at you know the world's problems uh, and put it on football or sports, it's generally gonna the, the percentages are generally gonna reflect the percentages across the world. When you're talking about anything, people that lose their money, uh, crime, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, it's not isolate, you know, the sports isn't isolated from, from any of that, but typically the numbers are going to line up with the numbers as a whole. Uh, it, 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 doesn't jump up or jump down when you're talking about sports, uh, relative to, to everyday life. So the only problem, the only issue is that when something like this happens or something bad happens, It's out there for everybody to see. So there's like this assumption that it's running rampant uh, in football or basketball or this sport or that sport, when in reality, it's pretty much along the lines of society itself. It's just a mirror of society, society itself.
1: And, and we've all, I've, I'm sure, been touched in some ways, either through friendships or professions or family, with addiction. And you, you can't help somebody if they don't want help. You know, you, you try your best, you do all sorts of things. And you're right, it's an unfortunate situation. Here's a guy who did a lot of good things in the community, too, uh, with his foundation. It's unfortunate. And, and, and I echo your sentiments for his family as well. Vinny, tell us what you got coming up. You know, I had a caller just about Kawan Short, who's been injured for the better parts of two seasons. He's a guy, so now every time somebody's cut. Of course, Raider fans are are interested, especially if they have a performance uh, background that they've done well. Uh, what are you going to talk about on the show today?
0: Yeah, and, and as they should, uh, you know, uh, uh, trust me when I say that, whoever becomes available, the Raiders are kicking their tires on, on everybody. Um, and when I say kicking their tires, it's not just calling up, you know, the agent to find out, you know, what it might cost. But also, um, that's what your pro personnel department is. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're watching tape of other players constantly, uh, and so when anyone, whenever anybody becomes available in this kind of a way, um, you know, the first thing John Gruden wants to know from his pro personnel department is, what are they grade out? How do they, you know, what's the tape look like? Um, you know, and and you know, is this player? a better option than what we uh, currently have. And, of course, John uh, and the defensive staff, depending on what position the player plays, then they'll do, you know, uh, they'll come over the top uh, and and look at them themselves as well. So all that due diligence is being done on every player that becomes available. So, you know, somebody like Quan Short... You know, boy, uh, you, you go back a couple of years, and this is a no-brainer uh, to to yeah. want to bring in. But the fact that he's only played, a, you know, what five games over the last two years is very right. uh, disconcerting. And uh, you know, both seasons ended with uh, shoulder uh, season-ending shoulder surgery uh, for the, to 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 fix basically the same problem. It was a recurring problem. So, um, you know, again, stuff like that—that's a red flag. Uh, although, you know, if he's fully healthy, it could also benefit a team like the Raiders because. Um, you know, maybe maybe the the price obviously is going to come. Nobody's going to pay him. You know. Twenty million dollars, seventeen million dollars, no. whatever it was, he was making. Um, he's going to probably have to play on a prove it deal to see if he can regain form, you know, and either you know stay long term, longer term with the team that he signed with, or you know set himself up for you know at least another contract um, that reflects who he is. But yeah, all of those guys are being looked at. Uh, that's that's what those guys are doing over in Henderson. The guys and gals uh, over in Henderson trying to break it all down and figure out, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Who's viable, who's not viable, who can still play, who's, you know, uh, got some question marks, uh, all those type of things. But every time you see a name, trust me, it's going to. Yeah,
1: they're looking at it and it's got to be it's got to be people who are going to be available. (laughs) All right, Vinny, have a good time on your show, man. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. All right. You got it, brother. Thank you. All right. For Chris Chapman, I'm Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today here on Raider Nation Radio.